You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Golden Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. And welcome to the Gotham Collective Podcast. Yes, it's Sunday, and we're in the middle of Doctor Who, so it's uh, time to review another episode. But before we get to that, the man sitting down the street from me in a totally different coffee shop, it's Mr. Dave Uh I, I pressed the red button. Was that the right one? No, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. That's all right. Uh, I'll go on the I green always wanted to press the red button. I think Mike always wants to do that as well, but still... <laughs> That's usually when I'm talking. <laughs> Stop him! <laughs> All right, other people who would like to see me shut up for a minute. Uh, <laughs> I'm in the room right now. And uh, introducing Dar Skeptical. Wow, I'm first up. I've never been first up. Hello. It's it's always whoever's on the the, 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 the order that my call list is in. Minus I, day, I don't want to have him talk twice. <laughs> wow. Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> All right. Also joining us is Logan. Hello, sir. Hello there. Do not be afraid. I'm only here. It is a kindness. <laughs> Karen Gillan was on the show too, and it was not a yeah. good. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll wait till we get into the show proper. <laughs> yeah, hands up, you thought that was a good joke. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Come on, Ian. You've got the meeting out in the palm of your hand here. I know, I know. <laughs> Enough hand jokes. Hands off. <laughs> or oh. hands on if you're Romana too. <clears throat> oh. Hello, Romana. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking through a magnifying glass. Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> you wish. Eyes forward. <laughs> eyes do. forward. Eyes front. Eyes front. Oh. All right. <laughs> And that brings me to the seventh doctor. Hello, sir. Quite quiet. He must be in the uh, other time stream. Yeah, you're a little bit low as well, Ian. Oh, I am? Oh. Yeah. Mm. No, I'm not. low. <laughs> I'll have to do something about that. Yes, we can barely hear you. It's very, very quiet. Okay, let me uh, work on this. 
spooky. Oh, now I'm booming, apparently. So it's just you, Dave. That's yeah. probably true. Uh, I'd probably you fix can't it now. Find on my, end. <laughs> my ears yes. are sensitively tuned to you, Ian. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I've rectified the problem now. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, where was I? Yes, I was introducing all sorts of people, and that means uh, introducing uh, the operator of the Cone of Silence. His name's Bob. Hello, the Cone, Bob. Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the Cone of Silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the Cone of Silence. What? Do not shout in the Cone of Silence. What? In fact, don't even use the Cone of Silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. What? All right. Joining us under the cone today are Davy Boy, Cybob, Steve Law, uh, Randall Thor, who hopefully will be joining us on audio a little later. If not, you'll hear from him during the Culpin Collective commentary on this episode, which, yeah, I'll have to talk on as well, I guess. <laughs> also joining us alongside them are guest 11 and guest 14. One hit the green button, the other hit the red button, so they're separated, but they can see each other through a magnifying glass, and yes, they have had coffee. So, enough of all that, and now it's time to introduce the last member of the Colton Collective... It's the Typing Monkey. Nobody's going to say it. Go Typing go Monkey, typing. Go. <laughs> no, So they all jump in at once. <laughs> all right, little news bites, thanks to Davy Boy. Uh, and if I can find him in the text chat here. Uh, the Day of the Dalek Special Edition uh, comes out tomorrow on DVD. Uh, also, Benedict Cumberbatch... Uh, yesterday confirmed that he will never play the Doctor, which he has hinted at before. And uh, Doctor Who, um, assuming it was last week's episode, or was it this week's episode? I don't know. Uh, but Doctor Who beat uh, both shows of the coal-backed red and black in the overnights, which was good to hear. All right, and with more uh, Envy news, it's uh, over to uh, Australia, which are monitor. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I was I wasn't really being serious about this news, but um, <laughs> in case anyone is interested who lives in the UK and has not heard about a little convention called the Entertainment Media Show, which is held in Earl's Court in the first weekend of October, October first to the second. But it was announced a couple of days ago that David Kenny is going to be a guest at this convention for one day only. Um, so throwing it out there, um. Because I'm, it's pure chance I'm even going to this convention, so I cannot lose my luck, um, and I still kind of get a little shaky thinking about it. But um, if you haven't heard about it yet, he's going to be there for Sunday, the second of October. If you feel like I don't know somehow getting yourself to London, um, autographs and photos are ridiculously overpriced, but it's David Tennant, um, so. Yeah, that's pretty much my news. There's other guests at this convention as well, um, other Doctor Who guests, but I feel like I'm kind of a bit bloating a bit, so I'll just leave it there. Um, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm super, super excited. I'll, I will give one, um, because we'll be talking about him tonight. Um, Arthur Darville is one of the guests. He was originally one of the first guests announced, and I was, like, over the moon just for that and then like they kept announcing guest after guest after guest and then I seen him the case David Tennant was like 
this convention is so expensive for me right now, but so awesome. Um, so, yeah, just throwing out there, it's run by a company called Showmasters. They do other, like, conventions around the UK. Um, Entertainment Media Show, or EMS for short. Well, that begs, the question, <laughs> that begs the question for me, Romana, because, I mean, many people might not be aware, but well, obviously when David Tennant was the doctor, he, he didn't go to conventions. He wasn't really allowed no. to because of secrecy. Is this the first yeah. one he's actually doing? This is Although the first one since Comic-Con that he's done. This is his yeah. first signing event. He's never done a thing like this before where he'll be signing autographs for people and taking photos with people. He'll be doing photo shoots, so, um, which I bought one of. Um, and George Moffat is actually doing it as well on the same day. So, um, so, yeah. uh, so I get to meet her for the first time. <laughs> I, count. I am highly thinking of, in my photo with her, of us holding up a sign that says, Hello, boys. <laughs> well, well, you have to try and get audio that? of the two of you saying it at once. Yes, I was thinking of that, but I think time might be limited. But um, I'll see what I can do. But um, that is your that is your Coltum Collective dare of the day. <laughs> oh yes, day. have you still got your shirt? Take your shirt. You must do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm definitely taking the shirt. It's a very comfortable sleeping shirt, so I'm taking that one as well. So, um, Sorry, you've lo- uh, I, uh, my mind wandered off. I didn't hear what you said after sleeping. I am, I'm not wearing it now, so um, but <laughs> it, I, was, I was wearing it the other night. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, I took that as you weren't wearing anything. Oh, never mind. Yeah, no, I'm wearing a shirt, another shirt tonight. It's a bit boring, actually, but um, enough of my clothes. Um, yeah, that's my news. Um, that's what so I That's do. pretty oh. much it, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe my luck. Anyway, I'll leave it there. I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, you have to leave it for us, so you better rein this whole thing well, in. Just that includes me. You know, David Tennant, Arthur Darville, and uh, Georgia Moffat, nearly as good as meeting me in Manchester, that. There you go. <laughs> 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 yeah, I felt like a muted response. <laughs> Oh, I'll be coming your way at some point, Dave, yeah. as well. Yeah, so, I, I'm expecting a short story sometimes with uh, of, of me, uh, Romana, and the, the suitcase with legs. Oh, yes. All right, that's enough for news, unless anybody else can think of anything else. Nope, sorry, it's not nope. very good. So there's only one more person to hear from. If you're interested in joining us on one of these hilarious shows, here's how to do it. If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a zip client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. Thank you very much, Andy. All right, Dave, go ahead. I mean, you might as well play clip one. That's all right. Can't be no, it's right. It's, it's, it's sure. Okay, we'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. Here we go. Apple up a cheer. What a beautiful word. Beautiful word. Beautiful world. <laughs> Apple up a cheer. Voted number two planet in the top ten greatest destinations for the discerning intergalactic traveller. Why couldn't we go to number one? Hideous. Everyone goes to number one. Planet of the coffee shops. Apple up a cheer. I give you sunset. Spire. Soaring silver colonnades, I give you. Uh, 
doors. Have you seen my phone? Your phone? Yes. Your mobile telephone. I bring you to a paradise planet two billion light years from Earth, and you want to update Twitter. Sunset spires, soaring silver colonnades. It's a camera phone. On the counter by the DVDs. Thank you. How do we get in? I don't know. Push a button. Okay, so rain check on the soaring silver colonnades. Hey, hey, it's locked. Yeah, push the button. Rory? Come on, Amy. Rory? I think I found her. What do you mean you found her? Well, I can see her, but she's not here. Where am I? Welcome to the Two Streams facility. Will you be visiting long? Good question. A bit sinister. What's the answer to not get us killed? It's okay, I've got you. You're fine. And where have you been? Will you be what do I tell it? I've been here a week. A week? A week? I'm so sorry. Aha, same room, different times. Two different time streams running parallel, but at different speeds. Amy, you're in a faster time stream. Stop the recording again. Stop down! Amy! Stop down! Stop down! Just replied to David Boy now. I didn't want to click anything while it was playing the link. Uh, caused me problems last week. That yes, uh, here we are with uh, we're going through these episodes pretty fast. Uh, Doctor Who, the girl who waited, and um, I'm not too sure whether your reference to uh, what was it? Girl in the Library was uh, a criticism. Ian, was it? Do you want to go first this week? Oh sure, I might as well put the cat among the pigeons. Um... <laughs> This episode looked gorgeous. It did. Everything just looked... I loved the look of it. It was just great. Um, yeah, the, the the clean, clean rooms and the kind of surreal aspect of the of the garden. and um, Yeah, everything looked great. Um, but the... I guess the, the, the premise of which this whole thing hinges upon, beginning and end and, and everything, is that... Um, that Amy loves Rory, and I'm sorry I don't believe it for a second. Um, whether that's—I mean, I'm pinning it on Karen, basically. Um, I don't believe a word that comes out of her mouth when she's talking like that. I believe that Rory loves Amy uh, totally and utterly, and um, yeah, he sells it every time. Uh, she unfortunately does not, and so uh, the whole decision that's made and everything the end of this, uh, which kind of hinges on that, I, I, it just loses me. And um, I thought the, the end was a bit dragged out. Um, the whole bit against the door and everything. I don't know. Uh, it wasn't a bad episode. Uh, it just... Yeah, it looked great. I, I loved it as a, as, a, as a piece of eye candy. It worked brilliantly. Um but yeah, uh, I think uh, Merlin said in the the, the chat, it's like uh, surely they would have, you know, if, if, if they just scanned her and found out she had one heart, uh, why would she be there? Oh, and the other thing that bugged me too is, who goes up to a door with a red button and a green button and presses the red button? Go, open, you know, green, uh, stop, close, red. Who presses the red button first? <laughs> Sorry, I know it's a it's a petty little thing, but it's just uh, that to me doesn't make sense. You know, uh, your brain automatically, well, my brain anyway, automatically looks at something like that. And the top button, you know, if you're going up an elevator, you know, 
your top button. Uh, if you're opening something, you know, the, the green top button. You know, um, red. Yeah, like Diane says in the, in the text chat. Uh, and welcome, DM Walling. Glad to have you on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, and the Seventh Doctor... Um, Hopefully you're, we'll check your audio in a minute too. Uh, he says he saw those buttons for the first time. Uh, I said uh, I pushed the lower button to go down to the ground floor to get out of the building, but then you'd have to have the assumption that you were actually on a floor higher than, you know, the ground floor. Who wants to go to the basement? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's <laughs> that, that that's, that's that was my first major niggle. I'm like, why would? Because I knew she was going to press the other button. Cause she, you know, otherwise if they all go into the same room, what fun's that? Uh, but yeah, it's that was my first problem. Um, and plus, who doesn't want to go to the Planet of the Coffee Shops? I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> I kind of turned off after that. Like, I want to go to the Planet. Of the, I want to see Planet of the Coffee Shops. It's it's like that uh, you know books where you you know they. They, they list off all of these places that you could go and you're like, in your mind, you're thinking about these. And it's like, I want to go to Planet of the Coffee Shops. I'm writing to Stephen Moffat as we speak. I want Planet of the Coffee Shops. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was a nice premise and everything. And as I said, the, the whole thing looked really, really nice. Um, but I didn't buy... Amy, uh, old Amy, new Amy, uh, old, old, old and young Amy. Uh, for, for I think she'd been what thirty years, and her hair is still brilliantly red. Um, I thought that was a bit of a you know throw off. She didn't seem to do anything with her voice to make her sound a little older. She sounded exactly the same. Um, yeah, and and she just doesn't sell it. She doesn't sell it at all. Um, yeah, and that's that's me done for the moment at least. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'll have to come on back and, and talk a little bit more about that because of all the requests we've had for you to uh, eat your words on the Cult Detective uh, <laughs> yes, Facebook page, yes, which many people yes. might like to join. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll certainly come back to you on that, Ian. And uh, okay. there's another question as well I need to put to you. But um, uh, just before I go, we go to I play a clip and go to Romana. Uh, we'll welcome Tim into the room. Uh, we've got a couple of people. I just want to check with. Oh, Logan's dropped off. I was just going to ask Logan how much time. So um, we'll uh, play. This is a much shorter clip, and then we'll go to Romana. Apple What a beautiful word. Beautiful word. Beautiful word. Wrong organic skin, ultimate universal interface, grown and grafted, not born. I mean, it's actually seeing with its fingers, scanning the room, but why not just give it eyes? Will you be visiting long? As long as it takes, Amy. What exactly did you do? I just, I came in and I pressed the door button. Oh. Amy, there are two buttons. I pushed the red waterfall. I pressed red waterfall and she wasn't there. Okay, so you can't follow her directly in. No, it's never simple. Did you hear that, Ambot? She pressed the wrong button. That's all. We're aliens. We didn't know. Statement. Rejected. And uh, Romana, not rejected. Romana. Um, yes. Um, this episode, oh, this. Um, I have not been on the show for so long. I'm kind of rusty about talking about Doctor Who in, with words as opposed to, <laughs> you know, online with gifts on Tumblr. Um, <laughs> so, um, let me see. Um, oh, this episode, I really like this one. 
I'm going to have to disagree with Ian straight off, and I really buy the whole Amy and Rory thing. I can't help it. Um, I'm a girl. I'm a sucker for romance. And Rory is awesome. <laughs> um, he just can't get any more awesome, actually. Um, cause it's just... I'm trying to think of what to say, something intelligent to say, but every time I think about Rory and he just makes my brain go... Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Hmm. What else to say about this one? It... I think for me it was it was all it was an episode for that you know Amy shined in it as well, but for me I feel like Rory really shined in this, especially Arthur um, in this, um, because a lot of it the Doctor isn't in it a great deal because he can't go into to physically say with Amy, so it's all down to Rory and just the way Arthur plays it, just the little little moments. Um, little bits and pieces that he does that just make me laugh, make me cry, make me love him all the more. Um, I think Arthur Dazzle is amazing in this episode. Um, and and Amy is great too, although I must admit the makeup they did on Karen, while great, um, it, it didn't quite sell the age to me, because if, if she's what, in like 20, 21, 23, say, um, yeah, she's supposed to be about 50, be, I think, yeah, in the age she, she'd version. She'd be in her late 50s, at least early 60s, and it did make her look older, but not as old as she should be, and Amy Pompeii must be a fixed point in time and space, because <laughs> how is it not grey, or at least have little bits of grey in it? I'm sorry, I'm 27 and I have grey hair, so how can someone in their 50s not? It's just uh, That was just a little bit to me, but I did really enjoy it in a heartbreaking way how bitter and twisted the older Amy was. Um, which brings me to a sort of a point that um has been on discussions on Tumblr. I've kind of jumped shift from live journal onto Tumblr these days. Um, but there's a lot of complaints basically about people didn't like the way Amy was so non forgiving of Rory for basically abandoning her and how she had to wait. And a lot of the counter arguments is, well, Rory had to wait 2,000 years for you. Why are you, like, you know, happy about waiting 36 years for Rory? But at the same time, Rory chose to wait that period of time. A really didn't. And that's fine, yeah. Sort of the, um, the argument there that's kind of been bouncing on around the um, online community of the crazy, crazy place that is Sandler. Um but yeah, I want to say about this episode. Um, what about the, the the scene mm. at the, the TARDIS doors? I mean, did that get you? I mean, did mm. you did you feel oh, that yeah. was better or not? Mm. That was that was heartbreaking, and a lot of people, you know, again, really didn't dislike the Doctor in that moment. But um, but you know, he had to do what he had to do. But that scene very was reminiscent, and I've seen many posts about this comparing it to Doomsday, um, with one on the other side of the wall, not able to, to meet, um, which is kind of similar to that in the way that Amy, older Amy and Rory were against the door. But um, but it's that particular scene that, that killed it for me with, with Arthur, um, because I don't ever think we've ever seen Rory properly cry on the show, and so that for me was 
moment where I just wanted to, yeah, I love that moment. Um, but yeah, for me, this yeah, this episode was incredibly emotional. Oh, one funny little moment I enjoyed, which was well, it's not really funny. It was just kind of heartwarming. Was um, the memory that Amy chose to focus on the Macarena um, <laughs> just made me giggle because um, being of a similar age to the characters Amy and Rory, really, I'm well, I'm a bit older than the characters, but I'm more closer in age to the actual actors. If that makes sense, I think Arthur was about now my age. I have no idea, but um. But yeah, I really connected with like you know just imagining them at a high school disco dancing to the Macarena, and all of a sudden this you know just happens because that's what happens with high school discos: boys, not girls, and you know it's all all you know fun and silly. And I just that I loved how that was the memory she chose to focus on popping it dark with the Macarena. Um, and yeah, also loved um, the reference to Twitter at the beginning um, as an avid user of Twitter that was quite funny and um, it also is similar to a line by spoken by the Tenth Doctor um, to Captain Jack and Martha where he's complaining about you know end of the universe and more he's busy blogging sort of similar kind of um, you know thing to you know what um the other stuff is here and it's kind of like yeah, the doc the doctor dislikes social media, um, <laughs> social networking sites. Although he does use them, you know, to kind of save the day in the eleventh hour, but you know, um I digress. Um um what else to say? I think that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, but I really did enjoy this one. because um, I am a sucker for, for Amy and Rory because I think it's cute. Um, and wonderful, and um, and I love any story that gives Arthur Darvall, aka Rory, to a chance to really stick his teeth into to something and actually do something. I'm really enjoying um, his story progression throughout, from the beginning of Series Five to now. Um, that um, he's yeah, a lot more in the show and a lot more involved and just proving to be awesome basically I mean he's punched what he's punched Hitler um he's it's just he, he destroyed the Mona Lisa and somehow whacking the Mona Lisa over a robot would, would stop it I thought, I thought that was a bit odd but yeah <laughs> sort of amusing at the same yeah. time um but you know it was a good episode it was very white the, it looked very off-putting, or the whiteness, because um, Dusty Cassidy has always been, you know, well, in the outer area, he was always, you know, against doing, you know, um, basically for money, really, to do like gleaming sets and all this kind of stuff. And a lot of his era episodes were like set in like factories or like, you know, if it was a spaceship, it was like a dirty shape spaceship. So it was really kind of odd to see something so clean. Um, well, ster- uh, sterile, I think, as uh, yeah, Darth put, yeah. that's one of the reasons why uh, she may have mm. been in a fairly healthy state because of the, the sterile environment. Yeah, but, um, well, yeah, well, still, just, I don't care, like, you know, no grey hairs in your 60s, that's crazy. Not even one, you know, I'm 27 and I have them. Yeah, I, I think it slightly looked. Uh, it did jar slightly um, 
Mm. But this, I mean, there's a, a couple, few comments I'll make on that later. But um, yeah, we'll uh, leave, it. leave it to that. I mean, we've not got mm -hmm. a great number on on the actual phone, so we should, if you've got time to stay with us, get back to you. Uh, I'll play a, a, another short clip. Uh, we'll we'll go to uh, Tim and then. Another clip, then we'll go to Darth, if we may. Uh, and the people that started first last time, like Seventh Doctor, uh, uh, excuse me for moving you further down the line. So here's the uh, next little clip. Why not try the mountain zone and explore Appalachia's famous Glasmere Mountain? All that you could wish for and more is through the departure gate, provided for you with kindness. Unexpected visitor, welcome. Please seek assistance. Hello? Hey! Oi! Wait! You are carrying unregistered bacteria. Please let me help you. No, I'm not from this world. Your medicine will kill me. Statement rejected. Do not be alarmed. This is a kindness. No, no, please, I hate you. Secondary delivery system engaged. Unauthorized infection on check-in. Version 223. Unauthorized resident detected. I'm glad he said... Uh... Uh, didn't say rather that this is a blessing <laughs> uh, right Tim uh, we'll go with you I know you've got limited time uh, and we'll uh, if if you went after Darth you'd probably run out of time so we'll go with you yeah well um, I, last week's episode I think it took me two watches to really get into uh, this week's I've so far only had time to watch it the once and I was very impressed with it I mean I I had certain gripes with it, and I think at times the the the, the aging thing sometimes it's done really well, and sometimes people have gripes with it. And I think uh, they kind of dug themselves a hole with all these uh, white sets this week, because it was brightly lit and white sets, and that's incredibly unforgiving to these uh, makeup jobs. But um, I'll, I'll join with everybody else in saying that why did she not have grey hair? <laughs> we've, we've had characters aged on the show before and they've gone grey. We've had the tenth Doctor go grey and look old and, and go back to the classic series and the Leisure Hive and the fourth Doctor goes um, old and gets lots of grey hair. So, hmm, strange, strange oversight, that one. Um... We d we, uh, I was invited onto the, the Happiness Patrol today, out of the blue, because uh, one of their members is uh, Ophiel, and uh, Lewis Bailey is doing this sort of podcast exchange program. He's trying to borrow people from other podcasts, and in return he'll lend someone to you from the Happiness Patrol. And um, we came to the conclusion in our discussion there today that um, maybe Interface had provided Amy with something that kept her head ginger. And my thought was, that's kind of the least of her problems. But um, one thought that did come to mind last night when I was watching this is that apart from Interface and these robots, the only actual characters in this week's Doctor Who were our regulars. And 
the nearest we've had to that in years, I would guess, would be the edge of destruction. It's very rare that we have a Doctor Who story where there's, there's so few other characters in it. And, and it didn't, they didn't even feel like other characters, these robots, because they were entirely automated and running to programs and things, and so it just felt like our lot other things going on. It, it, it was weird that there was no other human characters there with faces to relate to, to be the baddie of the week. That was quite an interesting move for an episode. But, um, no, it, it was it was a very good watch this week. Um, again, again, I was struggling against things. I was having a little mini weekend break in London and was watching this on a hotel telly. And before Doctor Who started, I went, ah, so can I get BBC Three on the hotel telly and watch Confidential afterwards? No. <laughs> so I dis- <laughs> So I was catching Confidential on my laptop, and I caught about half of it because I was trying to squeeze my podcast out as well. But um, I have to join in with everybody else and saying I was very impressed with Karen Gillan this week because I was I was watching this episode once that development happened in a kind of 80-20 way, and 80% sort of just kicking back and enjoying the episode, and at least 20-20% to 20% of me or more, keeping an eye on her acting and saying, OK, I'm older than Karen Gillan by a good 20-odd years. Is she acting like an older person here? Is she acting as someone who's lived and is tired and has had lots and lots of experiences and things? And to me, she perfectly was. I mean, I gather um, Ian's gripes lie in other directions, <laughs> and um, th- th- this also came up on a Happiness Patrol uh, discussion, and the, um, the point I put in to, uh, at that discussion was that, well, love comes in many different forms. Uh, some people have this devoted, longing, clinging kind of love. Uh, other people, they're, they're in love with people, but at the same time, that doesn't mean to say they don't use them. And um, we, I think we came to the conclusion that, yeah, sure, she loves Rory and she's devoted to him on some levels, but that doesn't mean to say she doesn't sort of use him and hasn't sort of used him a bit she's over She's taken it for granted, certainly. Yeah, 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 definitely. There, there, there's that thing that they have. I don't know if it's they've always been there for each other. He's always been there for her. It, it's it's it, it's a fascinating thing, and no doubt essays and uh, whole chapters of books will be written about it in future years. But um, no, I, I would say on the whole, a very good episode this week. Lots and lots of interesting ideas in it. I, I'm personally not a cosplayer myself, but I was watching it through the filter of the fact that I know a few people who cosplay and I was saying, well, which of these things that are showing up in this episode, um, will it be the Amy armour, which is another phrase that came to mind last night, I thought, it's Amy armour. So, uh, well, with the, the next major event, certainly Doctor Who event, I guess, would be the Chicago TARDIS, so... Uh, that's November. Let's see if anyone comes up with Amy Armour by then. Or prob- probably it would take longer would be the uh, the uh, the hand robots. Um, yeah. 
I'll, I'll, I'll give way to Darth. I'll, I'll, I'll still stay in the room for a few more minutes, but I'm going to have to disappear soon, though. Okay. Thanks for that, Tim. Yeah, that is, um, yeah it's a pity that um, Mike's not on audio, because I would have thought he'd like uh, uh, the older Amy's outfits a little bit... Uh, bit ninja, a bit um, Japanese uh, uh, what well, there was it? some interesting interesting stuff going on because um, when I got back today I discussed the episode with my brother and uh, him and me had come to the same conclusion that some of these robots she attacked and um, disabled, she'd clearly ca- cannibalised bits of them to create this armour and it was it, 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 it was a very interesting mixture of sort of stuff she'd found Lying around and stuff should cannibalise off the robots. And uh, we, 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 I'll, I'll chuck in a quick mention of the Sonic Probe. <laughs> that was kind of good when the doctor goes, You've got a Sonic screwdriver? And she goes, Oh, it's a probe. <laughs> and and, to, and to, to quickly give a nod to our friends over at Radio Free Sky and the Slash Riders go crazy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> inspire a few people that probing. But, uh, okay, thanks, Tim. Uh, we'll leave it at that then. And um, uh, if you have to drop off, thanks for joining us. And uh, what we'll do is I'll play another short clip. Then we'll go, hopefully go to Darth, and uh, then possibly to the Seventh Doctor afterwards. So here we go. Red waterfall. We made it. Good old us. How do we know that we're in the same red waterfall as Amy? Focus on the positive. We locked onto Amy's time stream. Interface? I am here, Amy Pond. What is this? How does it work? This is the gate. From here, you may depart to any of two streams' entertainment zones. Garden. Garden. Why not? Garden. It's beautiful. You really could spend a lifetime here. Not that I'm going to. Amy Pond. And I need somewhere safe to hide it and wait for my friends. We're in Two Streams is safe. Two Streams is a safe, nurturing environment. Okay, I will put it another way. What were those vent thingies? The vents channel the exhaust fumes from the temporal engines that hold the multiple time streams in place. And these temporal engines mess up the handbot sensors, so where's the temporal engines? Temporal engines held within. Okay. Do not be alarmed. This is a kindness. Yeah, uh, it's just as well they mentioned that uh, multiple time streams because up until that point I was thinking there were just two time ones, you know, the uh, the one the Doctor had gone and one that Amy had gone into, so that helped clarify it somewhat for me. But uh, let's hear what Darth has to say about it. Darth? Well, I guess I come um, first by way of answering some points that I've heard already. The whole redhead thing, um, you know, redheads typically uh, don't appear to go gray um, at nearly the same age as uh, non-redheads. Now, scientifically, there's no particular reason why red hair would would turn um, white at, at a different rate, but... Uh, just because of the um, visual difference between a sandy red um, and the color white, um, it doesn't look like they're going really gray at, at, at a 
fast rate at all. In fact, you'll find people swear up and down that um, redheads don't go gray at all; they go white. Um, but but you know, just in terms of color theory, those the, the, the sort of sandy red and white are too. Uh, close to each other for you to really notice um, one amongst the other unless there's a lot of white there and you know at the age of whatever she would be 50 what is 37 Eight. 58 yeah that's not necessarily old enough to get a full head of white hair not necessarily I mean I, I know a, a person in my own family who is a redhead and never went apparently Read it all and was far too poor to have been doing any kind of color treatment, um, and and I think you will find anecdotal evidence from a lot of people that redheads can be red-haired well into their fifties and sixties, so that's not an issue. And as for the other red thing, who would press a red button? I would. Are you <laughs> kidding? Especially if that red button said waterfall. Um. I, I didn't find that strange at all. I mean, what was the choice? I forget what the green one said. I suppose the strange thing was that she didn't ask them which which what button do I press before well, she pressed it. That's the strange thing, I suppose. Oh, I mean, hello, is that that strange? I don't think it's that strange. You know what the whole scene reminded me of was part one of Ark in Space, where you know Harry just goes around pushing buttons, and then somebody gets trapped on the other side, and you know. People press buttons. I press. I would not ask for permission to press one button or the other because why would I be suspecting that anything like what occurred would have possibly occurred? Yeah. I mean, it's an elevator, for God's sake. It's not... I mean, just think about New Earth. You know, they're just trying... I mean, okay, fine. I'm not sure how much control Rose had over the elevator in New Earth. but But still, you know, same situation. Companion goes one way, Doctor goes the other... It's understandable, you know. You you don't think to ask permission to go to to push a button on an elevator. It's just you don't. Um, the the before I get into bigger things, I do have a question. The the, the thing I didn't get, and I've only watched this thing once. Um, same the, the thing I didn't get was why was Amy afraid of the bots in the first place? I mean, so afraid that she would be, you know. Building this whole ninja personality thing. Uh, well, the the doctor did say to when she went in, D- don't take anything from anybody. Okay, because uh, I just having watched it once, I missed that, and the whole time through, I was like, what? Why is she so afraid of these these creatures? Because um, they said, do don't let them give you anything; it will kill okay. you or something. All right. Well, then that makes sense. I just I thought maybe that had been missed in the in the dialogue itself, or, or edited out, or something like that. But aside from that, and now that that's been solved, I can say I love this episode. I mean, just absolutely. I, I couldn't be further apart from Ian on his remarks. Um, I think that this is uh, establishing a nice little trend of the Stephen Moffat era that maybe, in fact, goes back to um, Series 4, even, that Episode 10 is always a really good episode because, you know, this time last year we were talking Vincent and the Doctor and then before that I think you would have had, uh, I think it's Midnight was episode 10 or, yeah, I think Midnight right. was episode 10 yeah. before that. And I think even before that, Blink is episode 10. Um, but, you know, certainly it wasn't the case in, in series 1 or 2 that episode 10 was anything particularly special. Um, so that's, that's nice. Uh, I think that this episode completely redeems 
Tom McRae in my mind who needed a hell of a lot of redemption because I absolutely hate Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel. Uh, I think that they are they are technically written in a terrible way where he gives away the game in the teaser of Age of Steel. Um, I, I can't tell you how much I dislike about those two episodes. I think that they are the, the very low point of series two. Not Fear Her, not Love and Monsters. Um, and so for me, this is kind of what it was like for some people who really hated Matthew Graham, and they were like, well, can Matthew Graham redeem himself um, with um, also people and, and uh, Rebel Flesh? Uh, for me, the big question this year was, can Tom McRae redeem himself? And I think not only has he redeemed himself, I think he's actually written an episode which is more emotionally satisfying to me than even The Doctor's Wife. Um, I, I think that this is an episode which is, is going to be... should go down really well with the general audience. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a bump on the AI with this one. Um that that brings us out of the sort of average 85. Um, uh, no. Oh, sorry. You don't mean a, a score of 85 is an average score. You mean they've been hitting 85 on an average. Sorry, on a regular uh, basis. Yeah. Which makes it the average. For right. Yeah. Hit. But yeah. But it's it. What I mean is, it, it's a, still a heck of a, a anything over 80 is considered good, isn't it? But it's the average mm. score it's been rating. Yeah. Uh, and just yeah. one more thing while I've just interrupted mm. you, sorry. Uh, David Boy puts, and, uh, and Romana, that, that The Doctor Dances was in episode 10 as well, in series 1. Oh, was it? Okay. Interesting. Uh, so I guess maybe it's only uh, series 2 that episode 10 is not that Well, great. no, I think a lot of people like The Doctor Dances. I was trying to think of mm. the one I like, Ut- Utopia, but I think that's in episode 11. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Back, but to, yeah. you, back to you. Um, so... Yeah, sorry, I just momentarily forgot what I was talking about. Um, anyway, the uh, I, I think what makes this episode satisfying for me is that it is a, a blend of um, you know science fictional concepts that are fairly new. I mean, there is a vibe of oh, city on the edge of forever, I guess, about the yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know the gateway and going through any one of those things. Actually, there's another episode of Star Trek that's a better analogy, but I forget what the name of that is, where they go in and they find a library planet, and there, there are windows to different worlds, too. And that's that's not City on the Edge of Forever, although City on the Edge of Forever has that component to it. But in, in any case, yes, there's a little bit of borrowing there from uh, Star Trek, but you're not going to a new world. You're just going to a holodeck environment or whatever. And right. It was the AI I, I, index that I, you were talking about before, the appreciation index. Yeah, I thought this yeah, one I mean, would uh, uh, go go higher. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to find it hitting 87, 88. I mean, actually, you know, numbers that are closer to being extraordinary than not, um, because the emotional content is so resonant. Uh, you know, I, I have to flat out tell you, this is the first time where I have felt anything real, anything genuine about the Amy Rory relationship. And to finally get some sort of explanation about what it was is that that Amy sees in Roy, uh, unlike Ian, I, I totally believe that moment. I mean, it makes sense to me that it was a very eloquently uh, written scene that that economically absolutely tells you the deal, and finally explains why would the hottest woman in Ledworth be with the guy that's not the hottest guy in Ledworth at all. Um, oh. 
I think he agreed in that, but he just felt mm. that it was Rory that sold it. Uh, in the acting sense, he was the one that sold the relationship. Uh, in Karen the way didn't sell that at all. It, w- it may have been beautifully written, but she totally failed to deliver the lines. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I'd agree. I mean, she's was, doing a very hard thing of acting against herself. I don't know. It was. Yeah. Uh, sorry. It's just. No, go ahead. Nothing. Nothing. It's just like, what? I mean, Rory, I believe. I, I totally believe that he loves this woman. I've never got an inkling from her performance that what she, what comes out of her mouth is true. Uh, but Ian, hmm. there's, a, there's a slight difference there because, as, as, as one of the earlier speakers said, we're not so sure that the, the character she's playing does have that same commitment to Rory anyway. So, I mean, it's, mm. it may not be that she's not showing as deep a commitment. The character may not... I mean, she's always... Like she says, I've forgotten how much I, I needed you and so on. She she is always taken him for granted. And um, the level that her character is into Rory is not as much as Rory is into her character if you know what I mean so then she's, the, play, she's the playing the character based on straight. that then the, scene, yeah. the, then the whole scene falls flat there's no basis for that scene if you say well she doesn't really care about him as much no, 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 no. as she, she cares about only, her then it's she's only coming to that realisation now and I think Darth she doesn't what sell Darth it is. though she doesn't sell it it doesn't you don't think oh yeah now I get it she really well, actually does care for him you don't well, I think it was one of her better performances. I, I'm not saying I'm totally convinced by her, and I think it was Rory again, you know, acting, you know, that was reinforcing that emotion that that made the the scene work. But I, I thought it was uh, one of her. Be- I think she has definitely improved as an actress. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Whether she's, you know, adding, uh, you know, up to the standards of the the rest of the cast, I'm sure that is a moot point. But she certainly, I thought, uh, she did enough. N- maybe not hit it out the ballpark, but she, I thought she did enough. But anyway, we're, we're on Darth's session. We'll, no, no, sorry, no, this we'll is, come back no, no, to this is exactly the sort of debate that, that's great. I'm happy to sit back and listen. Um, I, I, I think, for me, what, what uh, is extraordinary is it's not... What I bought was not a scene that had Rory in it at all. I mean, it, it, what I bought was the scene between older Amy and younger Amy, the the dialogue of why she loves Amy, why she loves Rory, that was phenomenal. I mean, it did make me cry, and I've only seen it once. I was even slightly distracted when I saw it, and yet I still took notice of that scene and felt like I finally had an answer to the question of why would she go with Rory when quite clearly she could have had. What's his name okay, from yeah. from from uh, episode one of season five? That 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 dude, uh, the muscly guy with the computer. Um, oh, you know, yeah. She yeah. could have anybody. She could clearly have yeah. anybody in Ludworth. She is, you know, she's the cock of the walk in that town. And you know, why is it him? And and I think it is a character trait of Amy that she doesn't know her true feelings about Rory. That she has to explore them. It's a character trait of Roy that his true feelings about Amy are readily apparent that he wears them on his sleeve. Uh, and it, it is an interesting distinction between the two characters that wasn't there for me in Series 5, but is becoming quite apparent to me in Series 6, and so therefore I'm, I am enjoying Series 6 more, and certainly I'm uh, beginning to understand 
that what I thought was bad acting in the series five is actually the creating uh, the creation of a subtle character distinction. Um, so that works for me. Doesn't work for you. That's cool. Um, I, I don't. Think I don't. I don't think it's a subtle thing. I think it's just a, she doesn't pull it off. She just doesn't pull it off. She doesn't pull it Fair off enough. at all. Uh, and you know, it's like I've, I've, you know, when you look at Arthur Darvill's performance, the way he snaps back at the doctor, um, especially yeah. in uh, like you turn him into you or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, See, well, I didn't and, buy that. And in previous episodes where he's turned around and he said, you know, like. Uh, I can't remember the episode. I think it's the first one of the the, the series when uh, he, he he says, "Oh, she can't hear you," and he turns to the doctor and says, "She can hear me. She can always hear me," mm-hmm. and that sends shivers up my spine. Nothing that she has said just. I mean, I don't. Um, and for people in the texture, I don't hate her. I've mm. just never formed a bond with this companion, um, and I just don't think that you know. She didn't sell that scene. Uh, Arthur mm. Darvill did. She didn't. Uh, I believed him. I believed but she, the but difficulty Arthur he wasn't was even having in that scene. How could the he scene against the, the door? He wasn't in. No, no, no. Yeah, oh, I think we're, we're crossing purposes on the, yeah, on the scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the scene between Amy and Amy, uh, where she says, where it concludes with basically, you're asking me to, you know, change the causal nexus of time for a boy, and then younger Amy explains that yes, indeed, that is what she's asking. That moment for me is every bit as emotionally resonant as the one that you described with Rory from a different episode. Um, I mean, I think it's it's sort of a defining moment for the character for me because it, it finally has made the character sort of shift around and become more palatable. But I mean, I, I agree with you. You know, I, if you just look at series five, I, I quite agree that there are moments there where, in terms of acting, forget about the character. There are absolutely moments where I think Karen Gillan screws the pooch. I mean, and, and just really misses <laughs> the the emotional. I don't know what that means, but it's funny. I mean, oh, it, it, just yeah. just 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 to prove to people who are listening and the people in the text chat, there yeah. is stuff that she pulls off. The humor she pulls off really well. Yeah, I think she that pulls off humor thing, terribly. Really, I think I think some yeah. of the dialogue interplay she has with the way she treats Rory. Um, the humorous bit, you know, ice front, you know, things like that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Emotional stuff. She can't. She just it just leaves me empty. Hmm. But I think some of the the dialogue stuff that she does, the dialogue, especially with three of them, it, it works yeah. fine. Uh, it's yeah. not that I outright hate everything that she does on the screen, which is yeah, what yeah. I think some people are thinking in text chat. No, yeah, I don't yeah, go yeah. that far because acting's not an easy thing to do. But no. Thing that ruined this episode is required me to believe that she loved Rory, and I don't. Right. I I would I would certainly take your point and, and agree with you. I, I would assume that you would say that she is the the least of the new series companions. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I, I she's she's down there with Rose. <laughs> but she's but she's below Rose though is I mean because that's where I would put her. Rose, I would put yeah. I would put her as absolutely I think he's, she, he means that he's, uh, like Ace, I, like you would consider Ace no well okay let's see she's under without without any sexual connotations she's under Rose <laughs> right right I would agree with that too I mean I think I think that she is even I would even put her under Adam for that matter oh. um, see I don't even rate Adam <laughs> well you know um, 
but yeah, she is. But but even even having said that, you know, again, my usual proviso that anything from the new series is better than anything from the old series, um, including companions, doesn't matter. Um, and, and I would also say that doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, increasing my enjoyment of her. Or, um, that I in any way find episodes with her unwatchable or anything like that. It's just that there are things that don't make sense. And again, you know, the, the, one of the bad traits about the episode um, is one of the things that first turned me off about Amy. You know, if we can go back to Beast Below, you know, the, the thing that is really problematic in that episode is how does she, on, you know, our number one of being a companion, not even day one, but apparently our one, because she hasn't even changed her clothes, how does she intuit all this stuff about how to be a good companion. You know, how does she solve the puzzle of the Starship UK when even the Doctor can't do it? Um, mm -hmm. And I think in this episode, too, you do have... It is cool to see the older Amy, and, it, and I think she does a, a credible job of making a, a distinction between those two characters. But, you know, how has she built a Sonic Lance? How is she, or probe, whatever it is? How is she? Well, she could you know, have asked that, uh, that that computer advisor that that seems will answer any question as yes. long as it's not about leaving. But, but it, it could have been explained in the narration in some way. I mean, can you do? Can you make that kind? Of, I mean, okay, it is thirty-seven years, but can you make such a fundamental leap in your character as a person that you can go from being, let's face it, a stripper? to being a scientist. I mean, that's really what she... Because you mind. Well, whatever. <laughs> I mean, but, I mean but, but there's certainly no indication that she was ever good at school. I mean, we had a, a number yeah. of sort of suggestions that she got in trouble at school a lot, that she got really paid attention. Yes. Um, but there's never been any kind of suggestion about this character that she's particularly intuitive and aware and and you know really that is one of the the distinctive points between Rory and her you know Rory is kind of the one that intuits things picks things up and she's the one that sort of you know I guess is impulsive and emotionally uh you know aware or whatever um but yeah. it, it it really it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me how come she was so uh, in control uh, of things, uh, you know. I, I guess you're right. I guess that, that you know she she can do nothing in that environment but sort of learn. You know, just right. take an info dump from this master computer, and I guess over time, you know, you can eventually pick up a great deal of knowledge. But then the question becomes, why would that computer have any particular knowledge? Well, yeah, I guess it would have some knowledge about yeah, how to, time yeah. works. Um, I, I guess. The only thing that really kind of suggests it is that she does make a, a reference to um, getting around talking to the interface to get the answers that yep, she yep. wants. Uh, um, yeah, but that's, it's a very vague well, one yeah. at that. Yeah, but it's, yeah. a, it's, it's, it's the only way I can see where they could explain it away. But I think it yeah. needed a little more. Like, how did I mean, you figure that out? Well, I had the interfaces. Interface. Yeah, it just yeah. the information would have been nice. That's what I said. A, a line of dialogue would have done it. Yeah, can I just ask you another question? Mm. Sorry, because you just asked Arthur another question, and you yourself. Um, because one of the, uh, just in case anybody's not listening for the last, I'll uh, just come in. I mean, 
Darth said immediately up front that he actually enjoyed the episode. But one of the things that I thought you would perhaps have latched on to was uh, this thing about where the Doctor says we can't have two Amys in the TARDIS when on that little, was it called time or space, that little thing we've had two two Amys in the TARDIS before. I thought that was something that you might have picked up on. The, you know, the reason behind the why the Doctor shuts the door and changes his mind and won't allow the older... I mean... I mean, his reason no, no, is no. the fact that... No, no, no. The, the, it's the totally consistent with that, though. Because it means the young one has to wait 37 years if they let her in. Is that reasoning? No, like, time and space are a- absolutely making the point of why this thing can never happen. I mean, it's right up front in in those two But we have two different time damies in that little mini thing called space or time. I can't remember it. Didn't we? Right. They were, they were different times. Only but by it, seconds, but... But still different times. But, it was, but it's made clear in that 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 is a dangerous thing. And that it can't be allowed to continue because everything will, you know, the entire universe will explode or whatever. Um, and I think that this is continuous with that element. I don't think that it, in any way right. violates it. I mean, I certainly felt that, you know, you knew that the Doctor was lying. I mean, from the very start, I thought at least, oh yeah, he, he's never going to let the old Amy into the TARDIS. That's going to be the point. I mean, I could see that set up almost, you know, 30 minutes into the episode right, or wherever it is that he makes the promise that he'll try I, at least I thought okay, we're going to get now a scene in which the Doctor firmly closes the door and, and then you know there's going to therefore be tension with Rory and you could sort of see the whole end of the episode from that, which, you know, I didn't mind that sometimes you don't like to see how an episode is going to end in other cases it's quite satisfying to, you know into it what's going to happen and then for it to be played out especially when the way that that ending was played out was so good I mean I think that Ian's quite right the Rory um, and for that matter Romano you know Rory crying at the in the uh, uh, TARDIS was it was great it was a wonderful sequence and that could only have happened you know if you have this big moral dilemma but uh, again I think that in a way time and space is a or are prequels for this very episode explaining why none of this can happen. Um, right. You know, that and you know, going all the way back to Father's Well, the, the, clash, the, clash, the clash one with the two doctors in the TARDIS as well. But uh, uh, David Wise should read out, just puts uh, time and space as well as some other newly filmed features. I think there's some called something like One Night and Next Day or something have been confirmed for the, si- the six, Series 6. So I'm not sure whether that's going to be a little special. Let me just play a clip, and then I'll ask if Darth wants to just make any other comments before we we check uh, Kobo for sound. Where is everyone? Right, Rory, switch the time glass on and sonic it. I'm sending a command signal to the screwdriver. Amy's here somewhere. If I can just get a lock on her. I wonder what happens if we mix the Thousand time streams overlapping. Red Wolf isn't one time stream. It's thousands. Are they happy? Oh, Glory, trust you to think of that. I think they're happy to be alive. Better than the alternative. 
yeah, and Jamie Moy said that 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 uh, thing I was talking about will be on the Series Six box set, uh, not not something still to come on the TV. Okay, Darth, you want to just? Uh, I mean, we may well have time to come round again, but any any thought that you particularly wanted to get on record? I, I, would, ju- I would just say that you know what makes the episode incredibly satisfying, aside from the technicals, and again, you know, we should sort of throw in a little thing for Owen McPolin and, uh, you know, how great his cinematography is here and, you know, how different it is from last week, you know, and indeed from The Eleventh Hour. Um, so you can see his versatility as a cinematographer. Massively good thing. Um, the the narrative thing that is so good here is that um, you're taking the standard Moffat-era shtick and actually turning it into something that's emotionally resonant, where I think Moffat a lot of times fails in in, in giving us emotional resonance. Uh, you know, for me, and I think, you know, for Ian and some other people, the Big Bang just didn't work. It, it, even though it's the height of the Stephen Moffat shtick, it doesn't have a lot of heart to it. You don't really care about what's going on with all those moving parts from anything more than you know, sort of an intellectual standpoint, how is all this going to fit together? Um, the thing here is we again have time manipulation, but because the time manipulation is being done in a way that um, forces a moral question, it becomes much more interesting, much more emotionally resonant, and I, I think that McRae here has found a way to do something with the manipulation of time that, you know, can actually make you cry, that can actually bring, you know, a lump to your throat. And I, I, I hope that Moffat, and I, this might seem an incredibly bold statement to make, but I hope that Moffat sort of takes a look at this and says, this is a more successful way, now that we've done all the timey-wimey jokes and now that we've gone on record as... You know, sort of doing all these permutations with how to mess with time. Now we can look at using time in a much more advanced way in terms of telling the story, and and use it to really affect the audience's emotions. So that's one of the reasons that I, I really do hope that when the AI comes back, I hope that it is high, um, because I, I would love for it to to make the point that this is. You know what you did in the, in the past, Moffat was great with Blink and all that, but now people are a little bit tired of it. This is an interesting new wrinkle. Let's look at changing the approach just a little bit to make it more like this. But overall, I, I think that this was a great episode. I think it's one of the, the classics. I think I would say of the new series. I think it's an instant classic, as it were. But again, you know, I have only watched it once, but still, that one time was really quite powerful and. Um, I think it's a great way to come back from last week. Okay, thanks for that. Well, I've got a little short clip, just a 40-second one, and then we'll we'll try Kobo. 40 years? Alone? 36 years. I hate him. I hate the doctor. Putting the speakerphone on. You told me to wait, and I did. A lifetime. Amy! You've got nothing to say Amy, to me. behind you! <laughs> <laughs> Feedback knocks them out. Learned that trick on my first day. Okay, so we just take the TARDIS back to the right time stream. Yeah? We can stop any of this happening. 
We locked onto a time stream, Rory. This is it. This is so wrong. I got old, Rory. What did you think was going to happen? Hey, I don't care that you got old. I care that we didn't grow old together. And I like that line from Rory that, you know, it's not the fact that she got old, but the fact that they didn't get old together. Lovely. Uh, yep. Ian, are you older. okay, too? Go on. <laughs> let, let me... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Put that one on there. Uh... Let me uh, let me unmute Kobo and see how the audio is. Come in, Kobo. Hello. There oh, good. Go. Sounding well. Okay. Well, well, you're good to go. I hope so. We're yeah. all ready. I just watched this episode like literally five minutes ago, so I'm still processing. So I don't really have my thoughts ordered, but I'll give the thing a shot. I think it. One of the best episodes of the new series, or the old series for that matter. I think it's actually above Doctor's Wife, which says volumes for me. Yeah. And I cannot agree that Amy is one of the worst companions. I mean, for me, she's right up there with... Right below Donna. Me. Up there with Donna, right? Just below below Donna in terms of favorite companions. And Donna is my number one. So. Two redheads. Let me quantify that even further and say. Rory and Amy together are my number two, whereas Amy by herself, I could see it as right down there with Martha. Oh. <laughs> right. And what about um, the the, uh, the? I mean, which, which I mean, there were a few emotional scenes there and some differences of opinion. I mean, did you feel as though? the whole story was leading up to that um, the scene at at the actual TARDIS door, how did you enjoy the story as a whole? I loved the story as a whole but I agree with Dorothy, you could see where it was going but I still loved it for all that and as to whether Amy loves Roy or not there's never been a question in my mind there I mean she loves him does she know how to express it properly? No. Does she love him? Yes. Mm. And I think the whole point of the story, Amy's Choice, is to reflect that. Or am I wrong? No, no there's no such thing as being right or wrong. I just, wanted, <laughs> I just wanted y'all's opinion on that and to... I guess I just threw that out there and get some feedback on that. Okay, anything else to add? Um, no, because like I said, I'm you've just you just caught it. Processing it. So yeah. All right. Five out of Think. five. Oh, five out of five. Five out of five. Party's reading. 
Okie dokie. Well, once you said you liked it more than the Doctor's wife, I knew that you'd certainly uh, <laughs> taken to it. Okay, what I'll do, Ian, is I'll play another clip, and then uh, Seven Doctor again. Sorry you waited, but I think you went first last week, so we'll, we try and alternate it. So the boy who waited. <laughs> I will die. Another Amy will take my place. An Amy who never got trapped at two streams. An Amy who grew old with you, and she in 36 years won't be me. But you'll die in here! Not if you take me with you. You came to rescue me, so rescue me. Leave her and take you. We could take this Amy with us, easy, but if we do, our Amy has to wait 36 years to be rescued. So I have to choose. Which wife do I want? She is me. We're both me. You being here is wrong. For a single day, an hour, let alone a lifetime. I swore to protect you. I promised. Rory. This is your fault. I'm so sorry, but Rory... No, this is your fault! You, you, should, you should look at a history book once in a while, see if there's an outbreak of plague or not. That is not how I travel. Then I do not want to travel with you! And just before I go to Seventh Doctor, sorry to prolong your agony, Ian, did you want to comment on that particular clip and, and Arthur Darvel? I did on the text chat. I said, see, okay. that's emotion. Right. <laughs> that's an emotional delivery. And that's that's one of the reasons why I like Rory and his, uh, well, Arthur's del- um, performance and the, the, the characters. Uh, we've always had... Um, you know, every time they've got a, uh, a documentary or, or whatever, they always tend to describe uh, companions the same way. Oh yes, we've come up with a companion who's the equal of the Doctor, who will answer the Doctor, who will tell the Doctor, and invariably they do to some degree, but generally get swept under the rug. Um, but Rory has consistently been that. You know, he he's not afraid to to to, to answer back to the doctor and really kind of uh, give him a good telling off, and I like that. Um, and well, and and here's here's solid proof that a, a male companion can really work. In right. Room. Well, there must be some lag in the thing because that text of yours doesn't show up on my it's screen. Not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can I got to chime in though and say I I totally disagree with that. I mean, the, I agree with most of what you said, but the this particular scene, that particular line, totally didn't buy it. Seems out of the blue, doesn't make any particular sense that he's saying that. I was like, why is he yelling at that? How could he possibly, given how smart we let to believe this character is, how could he possibly, really, truly be mad at the Doctor for any of this? It just... It well, it, it might be also because cry. they want the fans to uh, outcry, Rory's leaving the show, outcry, Rory's leaving the show. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I get what... I, I completely <laughs> understand what the, you know, narrative ambition is here. I just don't think that it's... It just seemed to come out of completely nowhere. I mean, I understand it in, you know, Cold Blood or whatever, where... Amy's lost, and he, you know he then stands up to the doctor and says, "What are you talking about? You got to find her." I mean, that makes total sense. This is this is different, though. He can't possibly blame the doctor for this. And then he's, later in the TARDIS, he's taking scene, Amy's he, side. 
Amy says basically has just blamed the doctor for it all and so he takes her side he turns back on the doctor and says this is your fault but it's how could it be I mean it's it's so illogical taking him into a situation blind he's always saying I know everything I know what's going to happen what has happened what will happen and yet he still takes him into a dangerous situation what I'm getting at is this is an emotional he is taking the side of the woman he loves over the doctor that's natural Mm. that's natural to say yeah she's bloody right yeah whether it's right or wrong whether he's right or wrong for accusing the doctor of that that's that's the motivation behind that he is basically siding with her because it's the woman he loves but then how do you explain the later scene in the TARDIS where he says after he completely has Amy back right he has his Amy entirely back he says you know this is what you're trying to turn me into you know when the, when the doctor gives him mm. the choice of whether to, to bring in the older Amy or, or not he says you know I don't I don't want to be turned into you it's like how, what are you talking about but, well, it has been a running theme throughout where a number of situations he's started to sound and talk like the Doctor. But you can argue that he can have that final scene because it's only by being convinced on the by the old Amy outside the TARDIS who says, you, you, you know, don't let me in. When she tells him, don't let me in, he can accept it then. But he, he doesn't. But he's he's, he's ra, ra, what's the word? Rallying against it, and, and and we've done something. We've got Willis girl so agitated to speak. She's coming on mm. audio, but we, we're definitely. If if you'll excuse me, Data, I wanted to sure. give the, the seventh Doctor a chance to chime in, and then we'll go uh, a clip, and then we'll go to Willis girl. Hopefully, so seventh Doctor, you must have lots to say by now. Come on, I built you up. Okay, well, just let me play a little clip while we see if we can sort your audio out. Okay, Doctor, two streams is back on air. Right, okay, so this is big news. This is temporal earthquake time. I'm now officially changing my own future. Hold on to your spectacles. In my past, I saw my future self refuse to help you. I'm now changing that future and agreeing. Every lot of time says that shouldn't be possible. Yes, except sometimes knowing your own future is what enables you to change it, especially if your bloody-minded contradictory and completely unpredictable. So basically, if you're Amy, then? Yes, if anyone could defeat predestiny, it's your wife. It's not about what I'm doing. It's about who I'm doing it for. I'm trusting you to watch my back, Rory. Always. You and me, always. Because here's the deal. You take me too, in the TARDIS. Me too. But that means to be two of you. Permanently. Forever. And that way we both get to live. Two Amys together, can that work? I don't know. It's your marriage. Uh, yeah, it's clear. Uh, Seventh Doctor, do you want to try your audio? Oh, don't say... Uh, well, can you unmute Willis Girl, uh, Ian, and we'll go to Willis Girl. I seem to be having a problem with the uh, window, and uh, it's frozen, so... Um, oh, is that why you couldn't... Right, well, do you want to uh, drop out and come back in? Uh, Not on the audio, just in the yeah, room. Yeah, let me, let me just try that, so um, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, well, I, I've got one final clip. Uh, I, I'll play that in a minute, but before I do that, let me... Because I haven't really had my little say, have I? Um... To be frank, 
when I was watching the story at the beginning, I, I wasn't particularly enjoying it, which is strange because this is exactly the sort of story uh, that should be uh, meat and drink to me because it was um, uh, had the time base. We had this sort of semi-futuristic where, where we're in effect off-world, although it could be almost anywhere. We had a situation where you know uh, the, the companions are split up. Um, and I think, I'm going to slightly side with Ian here, I think it's because Karen Gillum didn't totally sell it to me. But that's not to say that I don't think she's vastly improved. And in like in that last clip I just played, I thought she actually came across well. I think my attitude to this story is very similar to last week's story, um, uh, Night Terrors, in as much as it, it seemed to have a very slow build-up. Uh, but then... Uh, went faster and faster and I will agree with Darth the Night Terrors had a sort of a weak resolution to it it was resolved uh, simply by the father's love of the boy and although that was probably appropriate in Night Terrors it had been overused in, in earlier episodes this however I felt is you know basically leading up to um, if you've seen it the Meryl Streep film uh, a Sophie's Choice situation uh, and uh, as I've said before, there are some times when I've watched Doctor Who and I can I can vote it one of my best episodes simply for a two or three or five minute scene within it. Utopia is a case in point. I didn't particularly like the uh, non-human races or whatever it was. Uh, in Vincent the Doctor, I didn't particularly like the, uh, the daft uh, chicken creature in that. But there are some great dialogue scenes in Vincent and the Doctor, some great uh, dialogue scenes in Utopia that for me make them brilliant and so um, this episode grew on me and uh, I've got a feeling that I like it even more after watching uh, but I do seem to watch Doctor Two with trepidation nowadays, I'm almost as I've said before uh, concerned of how they're going to treat my doctor and my story and my my series and uh, they're not going to mess it up uh, so I'm always walking on eggshells in that case um, I didn't particularly like this um, uh, I nearly said it's a blessing uh, it's a kindness um, maybe it threw me back a little bit to uh, Voyage of the Damned and, uh, and the angels on board there but um, all in all it definitely the, there was a definite build-up throughout the series. I must admit, uh, although I can take on board about the uh, the hair of Amy Pond, I did feel even if it had had, if you if ever watched the series called Malin, the Malin streak, if you just had a streak of grey hair uh, come through, tied into her own hair, it just would have made it more believable. I think the makeup looked a little disjointed at some parts because when we first see her and she's got the mask on, we don't see her neck. And a lot of the ageing effect was done on the neck prosthesis that she had. Um, but I did think that she actually did manage to differentiate the older and younger Amy. So I would say her acting was certainly adequate, probably more than adequate. But I think she's also acted off the screen a little bit by uh, Rory. So um, I'm just going to check and see if Ian is back in the room. Ian, have you got yes. controls back? Oh, yes, yes. People are unmuted and everything. Unless okay, it's an aberration. So, I <laughs> right, we'll just try the Seventh Doctor before we go to Willis. Okay. Seventh Doctor. Can you hear me? Very low, very low volume. Very low. Is this thing better? You're coming up. 
Okay. Well, let's do this try. Be fine. Um, okay, great. Um, first off, I didn't have any problem with that red button thing. Uh, first off, I thought it was like an, an elevated uh, story in the building, and I thought she thought, well, I must go down to go outside. So that's what I would have done. I would hit the lower button, and it had a waterfall on it, so I'd rather hit a waterfall button than an anchor. So I didn't have any problem with hitting that lower button. Uh, I would have done the same thing. But something I did have a problem with was why didn't Amy have to eat? Uh, she said she had gone a week without eating. Uh, how could she do that? I didn't quite understand that. If anyone can uh, shoot out an answer to explain that, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, she didn't eat. She hadn't changed her clothes in 50-odd years other than put the extra armor on. There was yeah, an yeah. actual line of dialogue that explained that. Go on, Kovo. Um, it said something about the time frame was compressed. So while it was faster to an outsider, it was slower to Amy locally. But she definitely felt as though she'd lived 37 years. She'd, she'd, she'd got the experience of loneliness. So it wasn't as though... It's not like uh, if you remember the Star Trek episode, uh, Ian, was it called in a, in a blink of an eye or something, where uh, the, the the spaceships above a planet uh, and they're developing super fast. The point is that although it seemed fast, they were st to the people on the planet it was still normal time, and right. we got the impression that to the older Amy, she had lived the whole thirty six years in real time, not. She hadn't fast-forwarded that time, had she? She'd actually experienced all... She'd even made a robot that looked like Rory. And a Sonic Pro. Yeah, yeah. So, go on. Sorry, some Doctor. Uh, yeah, but it no, wasn't... No. I didn't think it was explained satisfactory. No, I didn't think so either, Dave. Um, I, I did like the first scene in the TARDIS. Uh, it had a TV movie vibe to it. Uh, the toolbox that the Doctor had looked kind of similar to the one in the, in the TV movie I got. And also, uh, on a TARDIS console, there was the rotating clock thing, and that was, to me, very reminiscent of the console from the Eighth Doctor. Oh, good, yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm just welcoming Benjamin Elliott into the room. Uh, we're going to go to Willie's girl, and then we can go to you, Benjamin. But uh, we're just listening to the Seventh Doctor at the moment. Go on. Uh, I, I did have a couple other items. Um, I have to agree with Darth. I, I really did buy into Amy loving Rory. Um, and the scene that uh, did that for me is when she kind of took the choice away from Rory of letting her in. Uh, and it was her at the end, uh, and that just spoke volumes to me that she cared and loved enough about Rory that she gave him the better choice. Um, I, I know that Rory didn't care about her age, but I, I think Amy did, and just gave Rory the, the better uh, choice for his life and having the younger version of her. So I, I thought that kind of really showed uh, Amy's love for Rory. Um, one other thing, and this has been a running theme through the fifth and sixth series, um, 
and, and I just have to question myself, who or what is Amy? Um, because she has this ability of using thought to will things into existence or to move things around. Uh, we saw her uh, bring Rory back in, in a way in the form of an Anton. Uh, we've seen her bring the doctor back after uh, Big Bang 2. And now we see her move her younger self to where the three of them were, or I'm sorry, the two of them were, the older Amy and Rory. And I just I just have to wonder, does the doctor know something else about Amy that none of us do? Um, what is it about Amy that she can use her thoughts to will things like that? I, I realize Rory was doing something with the equipment over there, but the, the thought itself of uh, uh, the first time that they kissed Rory and Amy, moving the the younger Amy to a different location, there has to be something there that the doctor knows, or something else going on that we don't know about. What well, is it? Uh, sorry, I've got to interrupt you there because you, you you've hit on one of the things that I've always said way back, all the way back to the very first eleventh hour. Uh, and it was the scene apparently that was added I think Dal said that the, the, the first time that Eleventh Hour was supposedly written uh, it should have been just Amy on the, the the young Amelia on the bed asking for help but they actually put the scene in of the Doctor's TARDIS flying over London and if you remember the Doctor is he's hanging out the TARDIS and suddenly the TARDIS gets deflected left field and then yeah. lands in Amy's garden as though she's pulled him to her so um, I, I still got a feeling you're right. I mean, I do get a little bit fed up that, you know, Donna was the most important person in the world. Uh, uh, Rose was the most important person in the world. And now Amy is the person who could bring the whole universe back. I do hanker for the times when the companion was just along for the ride. But still, um, I do think there is something still to be revealed about it. Yeah. Go on. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, no, I'm, I'm glad you did. Uh, dialogue is always good, Dave. Um, I, I really enjoyed the episode this week. Uh, I had a much different vibe from the last two weeks. Uh, I think that's a strength of Doctor Who is to have different settings and different tones in, in the episodes from week to week. And uh, I, I give this one a 4.5 out of 5. Brilliant. Okay, that's excellent. Okay, well, Thank we've you. got to... Go on. Okay, we've got uh, Willis Girl and Benjamin still to go, and I've got one more clip, and then I'll have to be out of here, but I'm sure Ian can continue on uh, if there's uh, things to be said. Uh, Willis Girl. Oh, yes, um, this was an episode I was really looking forward to because the visuals on it looked fantastic, but I was also apprehensive about it because it would be an Amy-heavy episode, and... Uh, in my opinion, Karen Gillan isn't the isn't a particularly uh, good actress. She's she's an okay actress, but she um, I, I I just I'm just not feeling her. I just never have. Um, overall, I, I, I enjoyed the episode. Um, I felt that the uh, makeup they did for um, Amy was was fantastic. They even got the neckline right and the um, and the lines right. It was her makeup was extremely believable. But as far as her acting in this episode when she was old, it wasn't. It, to me, it just didn't ring true. 
like all she was doing to um, portray an older actor was just pitching her voice down. But um, uh, overall, I, I liked it. But um, I also found it weird that Amy all of a sudden became, you know, this genius overnight. That's right. Well, not all of a sudden. Thirty-six years it took. Thirty-six years. Uh, you said it all of a sudden she became, yeah. but in yeah, fact, from her point of view, it was thirty-six years. Yeah, but but she never struck me as a particularly um, genius type of a character. Yeah, know? not sciencey, no. Yeah, especially not in science. <clears throat> and I was surprised that the doctor never uh, bothered to um, look back on the history of Apalachicola, the planet they um, visited. Because then he would have found <laughs> out about Chen 7. I thought we were going to see Balakalalafala when they said <laughs> that. <laughs> you know, from Voyage of the Dam. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was a pretty good... It was, it was an okay episode. I, I, just, I just wasn't feeling Amy, you know. Right. Curry Gillen just needs more, more work. Down for sale. I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you there, Willis girl. I got your back. <laughs> I'm sure Adam Purcell loved the episode. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, the night terrors, yeah. Another okay, for the uh, one-dimensional. Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> okay, any, any, any more comments before I move um, on to... Uh, that's it for me. Okay, thank you. and Thanks for coming in on the audio. I've got this final clip, then we'll go to Benjamin. I'm talking. I lied to her, Rory. There can never be two Amy's in the TARDIS. The paradox of two masters. You can't leave her. She'll die. Doctor, no, she'll in. never have existed. When we save our Amy, this future won't have happened. But she happened. She's there. I trusted you. No, she's not real. She is real. But let her in. Look, we take this Amy, we leave ours. There can only be one Amy in the TARDIS. Which one do you want? This isn't fair. You're turning me into you. No choice, Rory. Look in your face when you carried her. Her. When you carried her away. You used to look at me like that. I've forgotten how much you loved me. I've forgotten how much I love being her. Amy Pond in the TARDIS. With Rory Williams. I'm sorry, I can't do this. If you love me, don't let me in. Amy, I love you. I love you too. Don't let me in. Tell Amy. You're Amy. I'm giving her the days. The days with you. Days to come. The days I can't have. Take them, please. I'm giving you my tears. Sorry. Right, wipe up all your tears. We've got Mr. Benjamin and Elliot in the room. Hi, Benjamin. Hi, Dave. Hi, everybody. Uh, I must admit, one of the first thoughts to my mind watching this episode, and I mentioned it in the chat here, was uh, Amy gets stuck for 36 years. Now, think back 36 years ago. I wasn't born 36 years ago. Some of the rest of us weren't born 36 years ago. 
if you were alive 36 years ago, you were a whole lot younger than you are now. And I'm pretty confident nobody in this room was at least 36 years old 36 years ago. September 1975. Oh, you're a very kind man. Except for Dave. Dave's not 72 yet. It was just the I was just engaged to get married in that year. Married one year later. <laughs> so, but just imagine what it'd be like that that period of time. Just it's just a, it, it's just an interesting period of time there, and it's also interesting. It wasn't not a full life. It'd be like you spent an extended sentence in jail for a major crime, and then had the chance to get out. Ah, seventh doctor just wrote in text. I am nine hundred fifty-three. Smiley face. <laughs> Which yep, is funny because in the night terrors he said a thousand, didn't he? Which was one of the funny things. Anyway, yeah, but he's the seventh doctor. Oh, not the eleventh. Oh, no. oh, you clever boys. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Different incarnation. It just it, it's just weird to imagine that because. Yeah. And obviously the older you are, the more you can put age in perspective. And certainly I'm noticing that as a as I get older. I know people who are older than me in the room get that even more. But it just Amy, as far as we can tell, is about twenty two or twenty one, twenty two years old. Add thirty six years. I could see the emotional scarring. Now, maybe it's because I could we did don't have BBC America H D on broadcast. And I have to wait to see on the on-demand, but I wasn't impressed by the makeup. Honestly, they made her up to look like she lived her life, perhaps homeless. In a, she looked like she'd grown up with really a horrible situation, with no proper access to medical care or makeup. But she didn't really look older. Though, for me, it was only Karen Gillan's acting that sold the performance. As, now, I don't think she's the best... I do think Arthur Darville's a better actor, but I thought that Karen Gillan's... That, that Karen Gillan did actually make it seem like an older version of the character. And I, I wasn't sold by the makeup. Especially compared to all the other visuals in the episode... The um, garden looks beautiful. The uh, that, that that was an amazing garden. My wife was really impressed with it, and she was pleased with most of the episode. In, in a way, it was rather in a way I found it rather a beautiful episode. But I am curious because I'm curious how people are going to react to the ending because I don't care about the rules of time right now. The fact is, older Amy got really cheated, and indeed, she even got killed before she was wiped out of history. And I'm curious what the reactions will be, because I know Lisa did not like that scene. Lisa was very uncomfortable with that scene and how it was played out on there. And she's been a fan of Amy. She's a fan of current Doctor Who, she somehow, you know, like, Rory's scene was tragic, 
sad, shocking, but she just found it uncomfortable the way he got handled and the whole issue of how they just dumped her. And I'm curious how audiences react. I know back in, with the massacre back in 1966, all those years ago, and no longer surviving in video format, <laughs> the doctor leaves all the, the Huguenot Protestants to die, and Stephen gets all furious with him and walks out. And it's a really impressive, dramatic scene undercut by the introduction of Dodo. But I, I'm curious where audiences are to na- now versus then. And I'd be curious to see how what the reaction is over time, because that's a scene that could tick people off. That's a scene that could scare people off. So, just... Hmm. Yeah. One thing I want to add to, to, to what you're talking about there is um, I tend to, to watch Liam sometimes when we're watching Doctor Who, um, and while you know we have the ability to pause things and everything, I had to pause this episode three times for him getting up and going to the kitchen for something. And to me, that's a bad sign. Well, because that means he's distracted enough where he will, yeah, wander off into the kitchen where he's not really it hasn't caught his full attention. You know, there are episodes where he will basically sit right next to me and and not move for the entire episode and be, like, glued to the screen, and this one wasn't one of them, you know? I really enjoyed the episode, but especially at the ending, it really soured it on my wife. Mm. And it just, it just struck me there. It's like, forget for a moment what all the any time rules or anything are. And the fact is, like it or not, when you have a television show, there are certain areas that you expect the television show to go based on what they've established. And if it strays too far, it can be wonderful or it can be terrible. And I'm curious, I'll be curious to see, like, was this just, is it just isolated or did they actually hit a sour note? Like, mm-hmm. Torchwood, because of how they've set the show up from the beginning, Torchwood could do a thing like this and no one would blink, and I don't think my wife would care too much if Torchwood treated the character this way, because that's the way the show's been all along. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it makes sense. Alrighty. Alrighty. Well, thank you very much, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm going to drop off now, Ian, if I may. Okay. Um, oh. uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, Ian will uh, take you out, and uh, he'll give you the details of anywhere you may want to go after you've left here. Bye, yes. all. Bye, Dave. All right, that's good. Now we can talk behind his back. <laughs> um, okay, anybody else wish to, to add anything that they may have thought of in the meantime? Because we have gone around the room now. So if you've got any additional thoughts based on what anyone else has said, now's the time to chime in. Wow. Silence will fall. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I wonder if well, actually, folks just rushing off to do Podshock. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so since he's, since he's mentioned that, uh, nice segue. Um, yes, Dave is off to, to help out uh, Louis Trapani with Podshock, which starts at 4 p.m., which is in moments from now, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the uh, talk show call ID is 23358. 
Yes, that's two, uh, three, three, five, eight. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody says something. the Eastern Daylight Time. Worth thought out savings. Oh, sorry. That'll make a difference to some folks. Eastern, yeah, in Eastern. It's Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. All right. Um, if uh, those no, no, who, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, go ahead. You just mentioned Silence Will Fall, and that um, an offhand comment, obviously, but it does make me think: Is it weird to anyone else, whether you like the last two weeks or not? Is it weird how they are so completely divorced from the overall story arc, especially given where? Let's Kill Hitler ended. I mean, I, I find it a little disconcerting that in no way are we looking for River. Right. Well, Night Terrors was an excuse. Night Terrors was never meant to be in this half of the season, and the only... Mm. Uh, and their actual visual... Their audio cues in the episode that's clearly meant to be before uh, the Rebel Flesh. Yeah, but even if you switch it around, there's nothing in... Uh, Curse of Black Spot. I mean, that, ret- that got retrofitted with some stuff, but the things that it got retrofitted with are not applicable to this part of the season. If you know what I mean? I mean, that's all about Amy. We now know what the clues are in Class of uh, Case of the Black. I can't even say it. Curse of the Black Spot. Um, but if you put three into nine. You know, there's nothing in there about them looking for Rory. I mean, looking for River or anything like that. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, it, when when we open up with the, the the second half, you know, as soon as she sees the Doctor, she says, "Have you found her yet?" And now he they're traveling with the Doctor. There's been no mention of. Well, have you found it? You know, are we are we still looking for it? No, no. We're just oh. we're going to go to this. Most popular, second most popular planet. Let's do that right. instead of looking for your daughter. Oh, yeah, Battlestar Galactica. I assume people remember with uh, Galactica, especially in the second and third seasons, the, uh, Sci-Fi wanted some standalone episodes because they figured there was potential to yeah. have lots of repeats of Galactica in the future and be helpful if they could air episodes out of order. Yeah. Now, first off, why? But the result was that, uh, and and they were saying frankly on the podcast that's why they're doing this. There were a number of episodes, especially in the second half of season two and the second half of season three, mm-hmm. which were recorded, which deliberately had almost no connection to Galactica's story arcs right. for the specific purpose of being able to be shown out of order. And several of those episodes stunk. And indeed, on the podcast, like one of them, I think the one where... Um, Apollo, for some mysterious reason, has uh, first and last time only met girlfriend who's on the rug from drug dealers. He actually began the podcast that went out the same night the episode premiered, apologizing for the episode because <laughs> it went wrong. <laughs> and while I do, I would definitely rank these Doctor Who episodes as far above the standalone attempts of Battlestar Galactica because Doctor Who can do standalone and uh, Ron Moore can't. Uh, I would say that there could be we could be suffering from a bit of a fatigue there because we've got it set up we're expecting an arc and now suddenly we're not getting it. <laughs> it's just weird because this series has been largely more connected. I mean if you look at the final product on episodes one through eight, 
all of them are tied together in some way. Even Curse of the Black Spot does have, um, you know, that little scene with Kavarian in it, so that they're all quite connected together. And then all of a sudden, you know, we've now had two weeks in a row where nothing has happened, and it's it's a bit weird. I mean, I'm, I, I certainly like this current episode and, and think it's... I'm, I'm glad we got it. It's fine. Uh, it's just weird that we went from all this concern about uh, River to nothing. You know, it reminds me a little bit of... Um, well, what I liked about Series 4. I mean, I, I take Russell T. Davies' big point that during his reign there really wasn't that much in the way of connective tissue because you do want to make the series approachable to everybody and if you miss a week you don't want to make people think that oh my god they're just totally out of it um, but series 4 was I think got the balance right because there was a little something going through just about all of the episodes but it wasn't so you know heavy that if you uh, it, there were a lot of different strands you know there's the Atmos strand there's the, the B strand uh, there's the something on your back strand you know, there's Dr. Donna Strand. Um, so there are all these little clues that are being dropped along the way, but none of it is particularly big, like like the River Search. And so when um, you know you have episodes that are more standalone-ish, like I don't know Midnight, which really doesn't have that much to do with anything else, um, it doesn't feel like your narrative has been put on hold. It just feels like this one is just a little bit lighter in terms of its connection to others. Uh, but this feels, you know, one week was sort of bad enough. Two weeks feels quite jarring, and I'm not entirely sure that next week we're going to be in for any kind of connection unless it comes right at the end of the episode. Um, so it's it's an interesting and somewhat um, uncomfortable addition to the overall season plan, I think. Yeah, I have to agree, agree on that one. It just seems you know, it would come too long. It's like, and there were opportunities too, especially when we were dealing with a, a an aged Amy. That you know, some mention could have been made, like you know, you know, thirty, you know, thirty something years stuck here. You know, did you ever find my daughter, or right. or, or or missing my daughter, or or something? How's this, River? You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Did you ever? Yeah, just it doesn't need to be big. It just needs to be a connection. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's totally weird. Yeah, I mean, it is nice sometimes to have you know these separate episodes that you can actually like. Like last week's, I enjoyed for the sheer fact that I was able to show my mother. My mother-in-law was there, and so I, we put it on, and she watched it. It was good because there was no you know, plot-heavy stuff in there that. I had to explain to her along the way. It was quite nice. It was just set aside. But yeah, second weekend, and we we're like, we still don't have any, you know. Mm. Yeah. Odd. All right. Well, while I go around the room and get people's ratings, if those of you who are still in the text chat, if you could put your ratings in, and uh, I will read them out when I get to the end. So, Benjamin, rating out of five. Ah, I'd give it a. Three out of five. I probably would give it a four because I did like most of the episode, but the fact that it caused such a discordant reaction, where 
my wife said episode she liked more or less than others. This is the first one that she's really, really taken a sour turn on, especially from the final scenes, and that's, you know, I wonder about that because uh, you know I've been a fan for twenty six, twenty six years now. Yikes, and uh, <laughs> I just when you see an outside view that's that different, you do wonder. So it loses loses the point. Okay. Kobo, I think you said five out of five before, but I'll let you say it again. I think Kobo fell asleep. Definitely five nope. out of five. Five and, out of five. Um, I, I disagree with Rory that it was the doctor's fault. And if he went around killing every plague, he would do nothing else except make the world a better place. And that's mm-hmm. not a Time Lord job. Yeah. All right, Darth. You know, I think if you take it in isolation, I think it is a five. Um, I think Oops, you're breaking up there, Darth. Sorry. Um, so, uh, uh, somewhere between a four and a five, then, since I'm breaking up. Okay. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Ramana, too. Um, I would say a four and a half. And, ooh. Yeah, a four and a half. And and my cat says it's uh, good, too. Ah! Sorry. <laughs> I, just, I just had her on my lap for, like, the last ten minutes, and as soon as I started speaking, she freaked out. And I'm not So, um, I guess she didn't like the episode as much, then. So, yeah. Um, but you know, four and a half in me. <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you very much. Seventh Doctor. A very emotionally satisfying episode. I give it a four and a half out of five. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. Willis Girl? I'm going to give it two out of five because it was just way too much Amy in the episode. But maybe <laughs> over time it might be bumped up a little. And I don't know if Tim's still on the air. He's still in the audio. I'm guessing no. All right. Well, delving into the text chat uh, for those that we have left, which is uh, David Boy, Cybob, and Merlin, and Guest 19. Uh, let's see. Because I scrolled off my screen. <laughs> uh, Merlin gives it a uh, two. This isn't fair. You're turning me into you. Uh, Davy Boy gives it a four out of five. Uh, it says, Ian, uh, but please read this. It should have been called Rory's Choice. Hmm. Uh, Cybob gives it a 3 out of 5. And Guest 16 gives it a 4 out of 5. And I give it a 3 out of 5 only because I liked the way it looked. Um, I thought I loved the, all the set work and everything. I thought it was really, really nice. It was a beautiful looking episode. Um, if it had to be for it looking so nice, it would have been, I would have been there with you, Willis Girl, as a 2 out of 5. Right. Well, I would like to thank you all for coming along today, and of course, uh, we will see you all uh, next week for more talking all over, uh, talking about uh, Doctor Who. Um, and I'm hoping I'll be able to play my uh, clips here after having some technical difficulties. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you all for coming, and we shall see you all next week. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Bye. Exterminate. Thanks, Ian.